As this episode drops, we will be in California looking for the first time at the house we already bought. This is the launch pod for Pomona Valley Church. If you are new to the launch pod, I'm Curtis. And I'm Meredith. And we are moving home to California to start a church. Every week we share some thoughts about the vision, values, and culture that we hope will mark this community as we follow Jesus into the world together. As you heard at the top, we have entered escrow on a house, and for all sorts of reasons, we did that sight unseen. Hopefully by the time you are listening to this, we will still be in escrow and not back to square one because we discovered in the inspection that it like doesn't have a foundation or the toilet's just empty straight into the front yard or something like that. Yes, we hope that what might need fixing would be relatively affordable. And speaking of affordable, as we start our episode today, we want to be sure to thank our sponsor, Saintly Shorts. Is it just me or is everyone these days wearing underwear covered with frivolity like sarcastic sayings, cute puppies, and smiling vegetables? What happened to wearing underwear as lily white as our Savior's clothes on Easter morn? That's why Saintly Shorts uses only the finest materials to handcraft each pair of underwear so that it'll feel as good as knowing you belong to the family of God and will last well into eternity. Plus, Saintly Shorts Fit is customizable to be just like God's love, as long and wide and deep and high as you need it to be. Saintly Shorts, because why should the Mormons be the only ones with holy underwear? Thanks to our sponsors, as always. With that, we'd love to share an update on the process of moving from a podcast to a real-life church. And one of the neat things that we have finalized recently is our statement of faith. It's something that we need for a lot of the initial infrastructure elements, including getting a bank account and launching as a 501c3. And so we've been working with some of our core group in California to come up with a statement of faith that we believe reflects the essentials of what we want to be about and to try and have something where there is also a lot of freedom around the parts of our faith that we don't have to all see exactly the same. We don't all have to be in total alignment in order to still be part of a community together. And so that was a really neat process, and we're excited to have that piece done. It will be up in the show notes if you'd like to read it as well. Yeah, we tried to make it as simple and everyday language as possible. Obviously, there's some more theological stuff you have to cover in there, but we tried to do it in as an accessible way as we could. If you follow the Next Right Thing podcast with Emily P. Freeman, you may hear her talk about unconventional spiritual practices. These are things that remind us who God is and who we are, but perhaps aren't so widely done. That's the spirit behind our next segment. Wait, that counts? Yes, I wanted to share one of the spiritual practices that, when I'm intentional and disciplined about it, makes a huge difference in my life. It's one I've mentioned before, I think, but it fits here also, and that is going to bed on time. Here is what I have found is true about me and all of these spiritual practices that we talk about. It's all about what is true for you and your life and what works for you. But when I'm tired, pretty much every aspect of my personhood gets affected. And certainly one of those aspects is my ability to tune in to other people, how they're feeling, what they need, being able to really be present with them. In other words, my ability to love them well. And when we talk about spiritual practices, we're talking about the things that open us up to and attune us to God and what God is saying to us and doing in us. 
So in that sense, for me at least, being chronically tired is almost an anti-spiritual practice. Doing what I need to do to get enough rest, even when I really want to sit in silence for a couple hours and read or watch a basketball game after everyone has gone to bed, it is a spiritual practice for me. Now, there have been seasons where that just isn't possible, and I've needed to find other ways to work around being tired, but when I can, I find everything, including my life with God, is better when I get my butt in bed. So, yes, when it comes to spiritual practices, going to bed early, it counts. Our main conversation today is about one of the most fundamental needs that we have as human beings, belonging. There is so much power in feeling like we belong. And often we have a sense pretty quickly if belonging is possible for us in certain environments. I think of a friend of ours who is the primary stay-at-home parent and is a dad. We bumped into him at a favorite park of ours in the area where he was meeting another stay-at-home dad friend. And they originally met because they were the only two at that playground during the daytime hours. So our friend had introduced himself. They talked about how they had this shared experience, and it's one that I have experienced at times as well, of not really feeling like they belonged even in a family space like a public park because dads as at-home parents is still a less than normative experience. And so whenever they were at the park with their kids, they felt kind of these suspicious side eyes from the moms and grandmas like, why are you here? Are you safe? And no one said anything, but sometimes you just pick up on the body language and that is enough to tell you that you don't really belong. I bet most of us, when we think back to our strongest memories from childhood, we're going to find some large percentage of them that are either centered around feeling a sense of belonging or feeling rejected in some way. Belonging is just so fundamental to our sense of identity. And then the inverse of belonging, disconnection, isolation, loneliness, not only are they miserable to be experiencing them, but there is a host of research about how our well-being deteriorates over time when we lack a deep sense of belonging. As we imagine this future church, one of the things we hope is that we will practice living the one another's together, by which we mean the times in the Bible that we are told how to be towards one another. Love one another, serve one another, live at peace with one another, encourage one another. There's a whole bunch. We were talking this week about how live the one another's is not shorthand for it's nice to be nice and it's good to be good. We're actually trying to get at something so much deeper than nice. We believe that the one another's offer us ways of being with each other that create pathways of connection. They're a tool for becoming a place of belonging. Right. Without them, we evaluate each other. We decide if you're enough like me and then deem you in or out. But if I've intentionally committed to one anothering, I can better let you be yourself, different from me, and belong. I choose those practices of connection, support, and care instead of evaluation. And although there are so many different examples of one another's, like Curtis mentioned, pray for one another, rejoice with one another, carry each other's burdens, be generous to one another, show hospitality to one another, we don't actually need to be overwhelmed with all those choices. We can make a lot of progress in becoming a place of belonging by committing to even a few of the practices of one anothering in the community. I think of CrossFit, which I mentioned before in another episode. CrossFit follows some of this as it creates belonging. We learn one another's names. On your first visit, you're introduced, which is pretty abnormal for a gym space. We cheer for one another. 
If someone's working really hard and they're a lot slower than the group, people will just stay and wait for them to get done. We wait for one another. These are the CrossFit one another's. They're practices that we engage in together despite being very different from each other, and they help us feel like we belong. There aren't actually all that many of them, but just committing to them together and then doing them consistently is incredibly effective. People so deeply desire belonging that it doesn't always take huge sweeping gestures. It's often more the consistent little things. To put another example in a church context, when I was in grad school, I was part of a small group at a church not too far away. The group started with about 15 women, but quickly it blew up into at least 30. And we had just three simple one another practices that we had committed to. One, we were going to listen to one another. Really listen. Two, we were going to pray for one another's lives. And three, we were not going to give advice to one another. Beyond that, our time wasn't all that unique. We ate and we chatted and we caught up and such. But just by having those three practices, we built a really rich community. The point is we don't think you need to be overwhelmed by how many different one another's there are. We think that we can focus on maybe just a couple in any given time that would help us create a healthier, more connected, more inviting group of people to join. And we think that as we do that, we will create pathways of connection between people who are unique and different from one another. We're asking, how are we becoming a place of belonging? And right along with that is a hope, a hope to cultivate belonging that does not require everyone being the same. We've talked about that before. The one another's as shared community practices can help with that. The same church I mentioned before talks about their own church membership like this. You become a member when you change your pronouns. And by this, they mean that when a person shifts from talking about the church and saying things like, oh, they do this thing where, or oh, they're going to be having this event when, and instead they start saying, we do this thing, we're going to be having this time when, that's when a person's a member. They get to decide, and you know because they've shifted from they to we. It's a clue that the person feels like they belong. We were talking about what actually makes a person shift like that, and our hunch is that it's at least in part when they experience the one another's lived out in that community in a consistent way. Then they trust that the community really does want them, love them, have their good in mind. That is what we hope people will experience as they get to know us as a church. We certainly do not have a full plan for how we will accomplish this because it'll need to be shaped by our church community together. But we do have just a couple ideas that we've been thinking about that might actually come to life for us in this church. Relatively simple practices that we think will help us create a growing sense of belonging. One thing we've talked about with a lot of people revolves around eating together. We imagine a whole lot of food in this church. So much food. And we want to be intentional about how we can make those meals spaces where people feel that sense of belonging, of being seen and understood and accepted. We wondered if one way to do that is that we decide to talk about one question together, something that we can all answer, something that doesn't put anyone on the spot, but does invite us to hear each other's stories, even if just a little bit. You could have that question ahead of time. You could decide how much you want to bring to the group. We can all have dinner and hang out, and the whole time doesn't have to be tightly programmed down to the minute, but then for part of the night. We would all share an answer about a time we laughed until we cried, for example, or a time we took a risk and we're glad we did. 
In both of those examples, we all have really deep answers, but we also have less deep ones that are still true. We could all choose how much we're ready to share, but we would still leave in any case knowing a bit more about one another. It'd be a way to say, we listen to one another's stories. We actually take time to get to know one another. We don't have our services or gatherings all planned out at this point, but we do have markers that we hope to see in all of the times that we meet. And one is sharing stories, that someone would offer a part of their story up. And this isn't only to help us see God at work, it also helps us normalize naming our needs, our challenges, our pain, or our joys on the other hand. It's so vulnerable, but when someone does it, then we are invited as a group to respond. Yes, and it might be that we are responding to the person who actually shared, but it also would help us grow a better awareness of seeing others in similar situations and having better empathy when we come across those things. So if someone says what I really needed was a good friend to listen well, then we would be able to do that better not only for them, but anyone else in a similar spot. If they say, what I really needed in that time was for someone to bring an extra bag of groceries and stick it on my porch so that I didn't have to carry that on my mental to-do list, then we can file that away as a way to care for not only the person who shared their story, but anyone else we come across. Anytime someone offers up their story, it would stretch us in our ability to better take care of one another along the way. I think probably we're going to have times as a church community when we focus in on certain one another's. This is the summer of hospitality, that sort of thing. But so much of that will take shape as we build this church together. What we do know is that we want to keep a careful eye on how we are doing at one anothering as a community, at all the intangible but crucially important things, often but not always the little things, Because those are the things that help the real people who come across our paths and decide to try out this church thing with us to feel deeply that they belong. In our culture, for a lot of people, there isn't any more good news than that. You belong here. You're one of us. And we love you. I don't think there's anything else to add to that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you could rate or review it, that would be incredibly helpful for others to find this conversation. You can also follow us on Instagram at Pomona Valley Church, and you can always get in touch at pomonavalleychurch at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your day. We love you. Bye. Bye.